Well, that sucked. Dolphins lose week five, New York Jets, 40 to 17. Let's go ahead and talk about it. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked On Dolphins. Today is Monday, October 10th, 2022. Today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize pick projection, you can win up to 10x your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com, promo code Locked On. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs. Uh, your team every day. We don't just say it, we live it, even on days like today which is not a fun day to do a Miami Dolphins podcast. The Dolphins lost in week five to the New York Jets. And you tip your cap to the Jets. Um, you, you, if, you, if you've been paying attention to what the Jets have been doing, you, you can see that they have been trying to undergo a rebuild that has some, some parallels to what the Miami Dolphins did uh, from 2019 to 2021. Uh, getting a young quarterback, really investing in draft capital, hoarding talent to fit a system and you know it's they played a good game the new york jets played a good game yesterday but uh the dolphins certainly uh had hurdle after hurdle that they had to overcome and obviously way too much 21 points allowed in the fourth quarter as the aggressiveness ramped up to try to stay in the game um but everything from the, the opening offensive possession where Teddy Bridgewater takes a hit and thanks to the new concussion protocols as spurred on by part of the week three experience with Tua Tagovailoa, Teddy Bridgewater takes a hit and is mysteriously called for intentional grounding even though he is being hit and contacted as he's throwing the ball with a blocker in the area. And I sat there later in my afternoon on my, my rear end and watched the Philadelphia Eagles uh, play the Arizona Cardinals and a very similar play happened and there was no intentional grounding call. Here's your sign. I don't know. Uh, but Teddy Bridgewater on the very first play of the game called for a safety intentional grounding in the end zone. Two points and the ball. And you can't play the rest of the game. So uh, everybody who had been pounding the table sitting here asking to see Skylar Thompson play. Careful what you wish for, right? Um Skyler was fine for a seventh-round rookie thrust into action in week five as a young, inexperienced player. I liked some of the aggressiveness that he showcased and, and quite frankly, some of the best chunk plays Miami provided offensively were uh, defensive pass interference plays thanks to Skylar Thompson's aggressiveness to push the ball down the field. But uh, you, you could point to the running game as kind of a silver lining if you wanted to in this football game, but there's not really a lot of silver linings when we find out Xavier Howard's not playing and that's already in tandem with Byron Jones still being on the physically unable to perform list. So your two top paid corners are out in their top eight salaries in the NFL at that position. So you have neither one of those two guys. Uh, and then Teron Armstead midway through the game uh, has whatever toe injury he has that flares up and he leaves the game. So now you have your top two offensive tackles that leave the game. And of course, on the first offensive snap, your quarterback is flagged for concussion protocol and is ineligible to complete the rest of the game. So you're on your third string quarterback. So whenever you talk about team building, whenever you talk about roster construction, 
you usually point to a couple different premium positions that are, are considered your essentials. Uh, and it's quarterback, offensive tackle, pass rushers, and cornerbacks. And you can make a case for wide receiver now being in, in that light as well with kind of the financial uh, boom that we've seen in spending at that position. Think about that. Your top four positions, quarterback, offensive tackle, defensive ends, outside pass rushers, and corners. And the Dolphins are missing their top two players in three of those four positions. So that's why I'm going to hop on here and we're going to talk about the game. We're not really going to talk about the game. I really don't have a lot to say about the game. And you know, if, you, if you play that game missing those six players, you're probably not going to win a lot of football games. Injuries are a part of the game. The people on the other side of the field aren't going to care. The Buffalo Bills fans that, that are celebrating their 35-point victory over the Pittsburgh Steelers by tweeting it at Dolphins fan and, and um, media and podcast accounts on Sunday night, they don't care magically now, now that it's the other team uh, that gave you some crow. They don't care that injuries are now in play for you. Nobody cares, right? It's part of game football. Now, I think that's the first big picture conversation point that needs to be had. If you're the Miami Dolphins, uh, you need to survive this. This is a very, very nasty wave. And there, there's not a roster in the NFL that is well-suited to handle this kind of attrition and injuries and inavailability at so many premium positions. Now, we don't know, Toronto Armstead may or may not be a short-term or a long-term thing. We don't know. Xavier Howard, we don't know if that's a short-term or long-term thing. Don't feel great about seeing Byron Jones again anytime soon. And we, of course, need to let concussion pro protocol play out with both of the quarterbacks, Teddy Bridgewater and Tua Tungvaloa. But we, it, you got to survive. You, you forget about just running the table and, and racking up a bunch of wins and getting really hot and one seed in the conference. Like all of those dreams that Dolphins fans dared to allow themselves to dream. When you beat Buffalo and you move to 3-0, forget it right now. We're in a whole different ballgame right now. And the silver lining, the reason why I'm not super worked up talking today, is if you told me the Dolphins were going to play this game without those players, I'd say, yeah, you're going to lose. You're going to lose a game. But this was the importance of starting fast in the season, which the Dolphins did for the first time in a long time. Now, you hate to go from 3-0 and to 3-2, and but that is what it is. We can't really control that, and you can't control injuries, but what you can do is stem the bleeding as best as you can. So now you're looking at what lies ahead, Minnesota this week. This is one you got to win, and every one you lose from here, and 3-2 and has never felt worse. I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but it feels like the Dolphins are never going to win a football game ever again. Uh, and we know that's not true. That will not happen. They will win another football game uh, probably sometime in the near future. Um, but every win buys you a little wiggle room right now until you are healthy. So when we close the book on the Jets game, we're going to close the book and we're going to focus on Minnesota, 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 just the way that the team should be focused on Minnesota, Minnesota, Minnesota. Because if, if magically you get half those players that we're talking about back next week, 
and you beat Minnesota, now you're four and two, and everybody can kind of take the collective exhale and breathe. Now, we're not there yet. There's no guarantee that we will get there. But that has to be the thought process coming out of a game like this in which, yeah, Jason Sanders misses a 50-plus yard field goal that would have given you the lead, and everything just seemingly melted down from there. And that's a hard pill to swallow because you felt like you had him on the ropes with how you recovered. But as we're going to talk about, you can't spot him 12 points to start the game. You can. And that's a consistent theme with the Dolphins right now that we're going to have to address and figure out and fix how to start games faster, even though we started the season faster. We are not starting games fast enough. Prize picks. Daily fantasy done right. You can pick the two to five players. If they go for more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 extra money on any entry. There's no competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available in-house. Prize picks offers projections on any sport that you can watch, including NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Euro basketball, cricket, and more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy with safe and fast withdrawals. It's currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit 100, They'll give you another 100. You deposit 50, they'll give you another 50. Don't forget to use promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. So that's that's been a theme. And it was a theme again. And it really dictated the flow of the game for the Dolphins. You gave up opening possession touchdowns against. Baltimore, Buffalo, Cincinnati, chasing the game immediately. Well, you managed to get a stop defensively to open the game against the Jets. And then you get called for intentional grounding, which respectfully to the officials in question was not intentional grounding. And it's not, it would not have been the ultimate difference in the game with the way everything else played out. But it's still, in my mind, an egregious call. Um, And then you give the ball back, and now it's five to nothing, and you kind of feel like you got something going. And then the Jets end up getting a touchdown, and it's it's twelve nothing. You can't keep doing this if you're the Dolphins. So I don't I don't know what the and I understand. There's been some weird stuff that the Dolphins have had to deal with losing your starting quarterback, um, on the opening play against the Jets is a weird thing to have to happen, and it throws off your ability to run your offense as you had installed and scripted and all that kind of stuff. I get it. But we are once again living in a world where we get to the end of yet another game and the Dolphins, 295 total yards of offense. They're 4 of 11 on third down and 0 for 2 on fourth down. They lost the turnover battle, 2 to nothing. They were penalized 11 times for 102 yards, 11 times. And that was really tough too, because a lot of the defensive plays when the defense was trying to keep you in the game early, there were two face mask penalties that 
were negative plays for the Dolphins defense. One on Melvin Ingram, one on Raquan Davis. So negative plays turn into 15-yard gains. And I think that's, again, we, we talked about this last week a little bit, the element of complementary football. And while the Dolphins ran the ball at a much healthier clip than what they did previously, you know, Raheem Mostert, 18 for 130 or 113 rushing yards, 6.3 per carry. That's great. Uh, it's not... It's not balanced when Tyreek Hill goes four for 47 and Jalen Waddell is three for 23. And Mike Kosecki is one for 30. It's just, it's not a balanced effort. And when it's not a balanced effort, this is the kind of fruit that you bear where you're scoring in the mid-teens to maybe 20 points and the defense wears down. And especially with it when you're you're having to play a style of defense that is not complementary to ideologically what you want to play. I know there's some questions about oh, bringing back Josh Boyer. It's like, oh, sure, guys. They played three MVP caliber quarterbacks, and then they just played without Byron Jones and Xavier Howard. A little bit of context. I'm not concerned about Josh Boyer. I am concerned about the tackling. And I am concerned about the long-term forecast. But if you think about the long-term forecast, and we go back to the beginning of the season, and this is why the first thing that I said is the Dolphins right now, you just have to survive. Like, find a win. Build yourself a bridge for a week and find a win. We said three and two was what we felt on the show, a realistic place to be standing through the first five games of the season that would have you well positioned at the end of the year to potentially win 11 games. You're still there. And if you look at the two games that the Dolphins lost, there are contextual explanations that make it very easy to understand why the team did not perform up to standards. Now, you have to fix it. The players have to get healthy. And that's not a guarantee. And that's what is very unsettling right now in my mind, about the outlook of the season right now is it is not a guarantee we will see Byron Jones anytime soon. Xavier Howard dealing with the groin injuries on both sides. Okay, how long is that going to linger? Is he better suited going on the shelf for a few weeks? Or can he try to play through it and will it progressively get better? What's the re-injury risk? Now we got Tyreek Hill with a foot thing. Obviously, we have no idea when we're going to see Tua Tagovailoa. We don't know when we're going to see Teddy Bridgewater with concussion protocols. There's a lot of unknown and there's a lot of unsettling. We don't know. Toronto Armstead hadn't practiced all year because of this toe thing. And he's pulled pulled out of a game now. It's very unsettling. And I'd I'd be lying if I sat here and told you guys otherwise. Um, but if I were to look at things through the, the lens of the big picture for the season, you're dealing with this now, and yet you still at the end of the five games are in the target range for what we aspire to be at through five games. So for me, it's okay. You know, we all got excited at three and all. 
we all dare to dream a little bigger for what this Dolphins team might be able to do. But the Dolphins team that's been on the field the last two weeks is not the Dolphins team that took the field against Baltimore and against New England. It's not. It's not the same team. So how well can you keep the ship afloat until that team is attainable to field once again? That's the, that's the goal right now. And, and if that's a three-week stretch, if that's a two-week stretch, if that's a one-week stretch, I don't know. But right now we can only focus on Minnesota and where we go from here. Um, but I, I'm not rolling out of bed on Monday morning all kinds of mad at the world because the Jets put 40 points on us or like, you know, they, this is a Jets team in the AFC East. That's been downtrodden. They've lost 12. They had lost 12 straight games in the AFC East. Tip the cap. Good for you guys. Well, they've been working really hard to rebuild a roster. They got a little bit of mojo going right now. Uh, we'll see when, when the football gods turn their eyes to the New York Jets in the same way that the football guys have very clear, uh, gods have very clearly turned their eyes to the Miami Dolphins and said, okay, here's a dose of, re- of, of adversity. Let's see how you do. Because the, the, the Dolphins are in a spot now where football is a game of attrition. And nobody cares that you're injured. But it makes things very difficult to keep life going with the big picture goals that we have for the Dolphins. And hopefully throughout the course of this week, the player availability will stabilize. Because if you laid out who the top 10 players are, or the top 10 most important players on the team, Teron Armstead is one of them. Xavier Howard is one of them. Tua Tungvalo is the starting quarterback is one of them. Byron Jones is one of them as the other corner to play all the cover one man that the Dolphins want to play with the press coverage on the outside. You don't have any of them. You came into this game without three of the four and played the majority of the game without all four. What what am I going to say? Oh, they they Jason Sanders should have made the kick. Yeah, Jason Sanders. Of course, Jason Sanders should have made the kick. Jason Sanders gets compensated a rate that that's a, not an abnormal or unrealistic expectation. Say Jason Sanders make this fifty four yard field goal and put the Dolphins out in front twenty to nineteen. Instead, you miss. You get a short field, and then the Jets take the ball from there and they, they take momentum of the game and never look back. That's frustrating. Sure. The penalties are super frustrating. The intentional grounding to open the game is frustrating. The injuries are frustrating, but I, all I can do right now is look at the big picture and say, okay, amidst all this crap that's been dropped in the dolphins lap right now, they're still at the spot where I, predicted and aspired that they would be through five games and now we're moving forward law of averages right law of averages the dolphins played some games losing by 21 to the baltimore ravens in the fourth quarter getting out game by 300 yards by the buffalo bills law of averages says you win those games you're probably going to have some opportunities against teams that you probably should walk away with a win in and you won't take care of business. It's a cruel sport like that. It really is. And I'm not making excuses for anything or anybody. But I hope it at least puts in perspective um, some of the questions that we've had about some elements of this team and the importance of some of the players that we have. Also very important, making sure you've got Built Bar stocked up in your pamper, pam- pantry, pamper. 
I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm mid-Atlantic, so it was pantry for me, and I know some people think that's weird. So closet, whatever. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. These things are high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar. They have 100% chocolate on all of their bars, and they're absolutely positively delicious. Right now, you can visit Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 and save 15% off your next order. That is Built.com. Promo code LOCK15 to save 15% off your next order of the world's most delicious protein bar. So as we close up shop here today, um, obviously Dolphins fans, there, there's a lot of frustration in the fan base right now. I understand why. I am very frustrated as well. But I'm not emotionally, it's not an emotional frustration just yet. Because everything that you want and aspire is still in front of you and you're still on track in the midst of all the adversity that you've been hit with over the course of the past three weeks. How it stabilizes from here? Well, let's let's come back in a few weeks, <laughs> and we'll see how the Dolphins are, are sitting from a big-picture view. Um, but we're going to get into the film throughout the course of the day today. To, we'll come back tomorrow with some notes. Uh, I know from a surface-level observation, please, Austin Jackson, be ready to come back. If I am the Dolphins, I am... I am ready to pull the cord on the Liam Eikenberg left guard experience, and I am signing somebody off the street that's proven to play at a quality level. I am not afraid of bringing somebody else in that that may uh, prevent a barrier to his development as a football player because the the production is just not there right now at that spot. It's been a really bad return on investment for the Dolphins thus far. You're not going to bat a thousand. But that's one that, of course, does hurt. Uh, he was a weird, weird selection at the time. He didn't really fit the metrics that the Dolphins had consistently pursued at the offensive line position. Kind of felt like, oh, well, there's a run on lineman going. We got to go up and get our top-rated guy, make sure we get somebody. I don't know that they necessarily had a, a true plan for him because, you know, I know I went back and read my scouting report a couple months ago when he came out of Notre Dame from Draft Network, and, and I thought he was a tackle-exclusive player. He hasn't shown anything to suggest otherwise yet. Through the first five games at left guard. But if you're going to have to, and the Dolphins said at the end of last week, they're going to bring to it. They're not going to put to a tongue of a low on IR, leaving the window open for him to come back at any given week. There's opportunity. There has to be opportunities out there to get a more stable player playing that spot. Um, but yeah, we'll 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 talk about all the all, all twenty two observations when we dig into the tape uh, tomorrow on the show, and uh, hopefully lay out some some pathways for success for players to grow. And uh, tip of the cap to Raheem Mostert for his effort uh, was was good to see the Dolphins' rushing offense at least show some signs of life, and that I think can be a healthy springboard for the Dolphins moving forward in the coming weeks. Kyle Krabs, locked on Dolphins. Uh, we'll be back in clubbed up soon enough. Appreciate everybody checking out the show. Fins up. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Your team every day. I'll talk with you guys again tomorrow.